Welcome to the Pro MX Rewind Podcast here on the Moto Limited Network. My name is Trent Maher and I'm joined as always by my partner in crime, Nick Still. Nick, what is happening? Pro MX. It's finally good to see some racing back in Australia after the shit show of uh, the, the, the couple of years we've had. It's, <laughs> it's good to see and it was uh, it lived up to the hype. That's it. We're new podcast for us. If you have not heard of us and this is your first time listening to us, welcome. But we uh, have the Moto Limited show where we talk all, all things motocross, supercross from here in Australia and overseas. And this one is a purely pro MX recap, rewind, re-listen, re-everything. We talk about everything we noticed, seen what we've heard in the background from all these riders. And we're going to try and get a few of them on throughout the series here and get their opinion on their days or their series. Uh, and hopefully at the end of the year, uh, get some champions on and, and talk about their, their time. Mainly, you know, paint the picture of the event. If you can't be there, if you can't uh, see it on TV, paint the picture and, you know, possibly might tell some things that uh, don't really get told and some, some story behind things, which is uh, what we love. And, uh, but First off, let's just start off round one. One thagging just outside Melbourne there. Uh, thoughts on the track? Uh, yeah, it was our first time to one thaggy for the pair of us. And I think it's, I thought it was a really cool facility. Um, for the size of the land they have there, they really get a lot out of it. Um, there's a practice track across the road, which was super rad and very close to the water, which was unusual we're pretty much hitting the ocean down there um yeah I, I thought it was pretty cool banners everywhere the thing looked hyped up like a national should look banners signage displays vendor alleys the trucks were there like it felt like we were back after 2020 everything is uh, 2021 everything is back to sort of normalcy and it felt good to walk around the pits and see the smiles on everyone's faces but uh i thought it was a really cool looking event i think that facility there is pretty rad for round number one to start there it's a couple years in a row we've been there now and it's maybe becoming the staple of round number one but uh, what were your thoughts on when you rocked up to the venue and had a look yeah you know first i want to start off with from a club point of view as well and say i think the club does a great job there as well you know look at all their uh like their canteen stuff yeah. like that that was probably one of the 
best ran looking aesthetically what they had in there was absolutely unreal you've only got to look around the track fenced off looks good um everywhere was mowed pits were set out quite nicely yeah um from a track point of view as well, they had the track prep well, 100%, yeah. had all the machines there. I think that club's a pretty wealthy club by looking at what we see. Um, you know, they look like they've tried to make more viewing areas of this track. It's a it's a hard track to view from if you're there. That's probably the one downer, I think, for yep. the event. Is is viewing there at One Thag is pretty tough. Yeah, but I, I, from a club point of view, I can give them that because they're, they're looking like they're trying to improve that with all the, the yep. levy banks and people where it stands up. Um, from the series point of view, you know, like you said, banners everywhere. The trucks are all set up perfectly. Vendor alleys. Um, and it looked like there was plenty of people. Yeah, it looked pretty busy all day. And, um, you know, it was funny. We heard a comment like, oh, this is the most people we've seen in a couple of years at, at a race meeting. And, you know, obviously we're prefacing this from coming back from Anaheim 1 in America. And that was very packed in the pit area. But you could see that there was a lot more hype. And I think they had them closed last year to people walking in around the pit area. So you could tell that people would back out in force loving racing and, and being at the races again yeah that's it 100 and and you know from a team point of view as well like a lot of these teams are sort of grabbing that as well in the presentation they have like the honda team the honda setup uh they are embracing what they're trying to do there as long as the circo guys as well yep um or the yamaha guys it looked it looked seriously impressive i i still i still a little bit standoffish with i don't like how the 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 uh it's like a lot of effort goes into that and then where the privateer pits are, it doesn't look like much effort's put into it. It literally looks like people literally just pull up and park. Yeah, and I mean, it kind of goes with the venue. The You know, it was pretty, pretty tight in that one and they don't really have a mass pit area. So it was kind of this bit, you know dysfunctional in a sense i would say but i mean yeah, they're working with the area they got and you know obviously it's all about the trucks and the teams at a point and the privateers kind of get left so that is one thing we've griped about but uh first episode for us here on the prime x rewind we hope to bring you every bit of information we can from the nine rounds this year um and try and bring on the guest tonight we've got one lined up uh campbell williams the the honda ride red rider mx3 winner one one on the day fastest qualifier leads a red plate uh we're gonna have him on tonight telling about his day and uh yeah talk about everything he's seen from you know his what looks like now title chase in this mx3 class yeah talk that, that's it he's going to run the red plate into round two at Mackay. but uh before we sort of get into the racing the track point of view mm. um i like that track you know there's some pretty big jumps on that track it's uh the soil quality somewhat a little bit reminds me of uh, of Coolum, yep as well as you know that the hard it can go hard pack in some areas it can be soft in others hard right somewhere else like that track has everything it's going to throw at you um one thing i noticed with the track is she was tight. It, it looked very narrow in some sections. It did, and I think that's kind of what caused some of the racing to be a little bit boring. You could say? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with you there. Yeah, yep. I mean, we had some entertainment, but there was also some races like the MX2 we're going to get into here. Like, if that track had a few more options in passing opportunities, I think we see a bit better racing than lot, we did. A lot of, lot of following. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's what I kind of, the only down downside to that racetrack was, yeah, I think it was a little tight, uh, a little narrow, and kind of one line-ish in, in a lot of sections that kind of you're looking for some passing opportunities. And yeah, it kind of, I think it diluted the racing a little bit. So it's going to be interesting when we get to some of these other tracks, how they play out and, and how they become a part of the series. But a uh, good way to start round number one. Absolutely. Well, now, round number one, MX1 class. Let's, let's start there with some of these things. Uh, Luke Clout. Luke Clout goes out there and, and wins both motos. Trent, 
doesn't do it in a normal way, you know, doesn't lead from the very start, run away with it. Uh, he had to he had to go through some people and obviously Kyle Webster on the day, quickest by far. You would agree with that? Yeah, I mean, he goes out, um, qualifies. I can't even remember what Luke Clout qualified. I, I think, think it was fourth. Third or fourth, yep. yeah, in, yep. in, in, in the uh, shootout, top 10 shootout at the start of the day. So it wasn't like he was super fast, but got the starts, got towards the front, uh, made his way into second and and it kind of I mean luck's probably not the word but he he was fortunate that Webster had his issues throughout the yeah, day you know that helped that's it uh clout didn't have any errors he didn't yep. have these any issues and on a track like that uh a slight little issue it's going to spiral out of control for you and you're going to lose some positions pretty quickly um but that doesn't mean like Webster dude the the attack he you know went on and got back up and the attack he planned on these guys uh incredible but you know Luke Clout showing why he does have the number one on his motorcycle that's right one one on the day then we move to his teammates it was a CDR one two like what a way for for Craig Dak Racing to start their 2022 um, Pro MX campaign one two you know two top steps of the podium there signing of Aaron Tanty this year yep is probably one of the most exciting signings we've seen in the preseason for both you and I. And I think we got a lot of our questions answered by round number one, seeing what Aaron Tanty, Tanty did. Went 3-2 on the day, gets second overall. But this is a different Aaron Tanty to what we've seen last year in his debut in the MX Yeah, and I, I think that comes away to the bike as well. I don't think Aaron really gelled real well with that gas gas. Uh, he looked a lot more comfortable in his Yamaha. In his past, he spent some uh, some time on the Yamaha 250 yep. and, you know, a little bit of time on the 450. I think the transition to his uh, his time at CDR Yamaha is really, really good. Um, and, you know, first first career podium for him in the uh, MX1 class. So yeah. that's uh, – and, dude, he's, he's going to be getting a win. Oh, in the, in the next couple of rounds, I can see a win there for Aaron Tenney for sure. This is kind of what we spoke about when we previewed a little bit of this on the Moto Limited show. What is going to happen when Tanty and Clout potentially battle this championship out? I mean, technically they're one and two, and they're the ones fighting for the title at the moment. We are only round one, and we are you know everyone's pretty much within the shot, you know. But what if this thing gets two, three, four rounds in, and and these two are still battling for the lead? Like that's a tough thing for CDR Yamaha to try and manage. And I don't think we've seen this in a little while in this series. The only person who would have ever dealt with this would have been CDR in the past because they've always had some key riders. But it's been a long time since they've had to deal with it. It's going to be interesting to see it, what that dynamic looks like midway through this series with these two going 1-2, um, which from on the weekend looks very likely to happen. Yeah, you know, I think the, the team is more than capable to uh, to get through any of those issues. Uh, more for, more so for the rider point of view as well. I think uh, you don't want your the biggest enemy or your biggest uh, rival out there to track to be your teammate. That makes things very, very hard. That's right. Um, and there's a, you know, there's a solid chance we could see that. Uh, I think my biggest dark horse coming into this was Aaron Tanty. I think uh, he was one I had a pretty big question mark on. And from what I've seen at the first round, you know, he spoke about it. He was pretty happy with it. And uh, he's uh, in the right direction now. Yeah, he looked comfortable. Uh, didn't make those um, mistakes that we were kind of getting accustomed to last year. Um, and, and yeah, second second in qualifying, second on the day, uh, pretty pretty solid start to him. Uh, then we moved to Todd Waters, the 47 rounds out of the podium. Uh, Todd... 
I mean, for those who watch American Supercross, cheers is going to cheers. Todd's going to Todd. Yeah, and, and Todd, you know, when the track deteriorates at its most, yep. when it's an absolute dogfight out there, both with the track, you know, tide, you know, whatever it is, whatever factor it is, for some reason, Todd Waters can just function and get through it yep. a lot better than some of these other riders. And it's that that there is one thing that we're going to see with Todd Waters throughout this season. I think it was Endomoto 2. Uh, the remainder of the podium was under the tent looking like they had heat stroke. Yeah. Water's out there, taking his helmet off, standing up, talking to his family. Uh, yep. Dude, he he looks good at this. He's, his fitness is incredible. Yeah, he is, he. one thing we didn't mention is the heat. It was very hot down there, which was a complete opposite to what it was Th- last 30, year. 30 degrees. Yeah. Last year, it was nearly snowing at one point. Uh, but it was quite a hot day, and I think they may have caught these guys off guard. But yes, I have a direct quote from Todd, and he said he's too fit for these motos. Direct quote to me as we're walking back to the truck. Geez, that'd be nice. He so final moto. He said he was all over Tanny, and he thought I'll drop back and let Tanny relax, and then I'll surprise attack him right at the end when he's kind of thinks he's got this and and doesn't have a, that little bit left in the tank. But he did that with two to go, and the next lap he come around and seen the last lap, and Tanny had that little bit in the tank for the final lap, and he couldn't get to him. So Todd misjudged the race there, but. Like, how nice would it be to be that fit to be able to go, oh, I'll just let the guy go a little bit and I'll run him back down and I'll pass him straight away. Yeah, that as well as, you know, the age and wisdom with Todd oh, yeah. Waters. He's a sort of an older rider in this class. And he, uh, like you said there, mentally in the game as well with what he's going to do and execute, yep. does it so well. And uh, I think Todd's another one of these guys, and we've seen it many times before. He can keep turning it up when he needs to. Yep. And by the way, what you've just said then, fitness ain't an issue. He can nah. keep this thing going. Um Bike for him. Bike. Dude, he, he loves the Husqvarna and the oh, Husqvarna loves him. He's dialed in on that Husqvarna and it's going to be the the one thing that's going to interest me for round number two, Nick, is he's doing the AORC the day before. Yeah. So he's going to be on the bike all day the day before doing an, an AORC. Then he's going to back up the next day and compete in the MX1 class in Pro MX. Two, 230s, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Just insane. Yeah. And I bet you he still stands at the end of that. He gets on the podium and he stands on there and he's super fine. Just incredible. He's an incredible human. So, uh, Todd Bulls gets third. Now we move on to... I'm going to keep calling him my guy, but I don't want to because if anyone knows me, I jinx my guys. But Kyle you, Webster... No, 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 no. <laughs> you have to support your guy on their worst day. I support him, but I want to not support him because I'm the one that jinxes him. No, how do you know you're the guy that jinxes him? Well, when I'm yelling, give him the red play to give him the title <laughs> off the start of the first That one. just makes you look like an idiot. <laughs> Uh, Kyle Webster, whole shot to first moto. I am yelling, give him the title. Uh, and we are not uh, 30 seconds into moto number one. Um, fastest in qualifying, fastest in the top 10 shootout, fastest rider all day, but he kept finding the ground. Okay. You know, he does a lot of laps around this facility. It's pretty much a home track for him. Am I right? They, they train there, yeah. Yeah. And he lives 20 minutes away, I think. Track formed up a lot differently uh, from probably what they're used to as well. This is obviously Kyle's first year in MX1 with Uribe on the HRC bike. Mm-hmm. Is it nerves? I think it was a little bit because I think he knew he was the guy to beat coming in. All the preseason hype was about Kyle Webster, home track advantage, round number one, four, you know, MX2 champion last year like and everyone was talking about Webster being the guy and he really was but I think it's a little bit of jitters and I think it maybe as well was just a little bit of that 450 and race environment 
just creeping up on him a little bit. Yeah. It's something he's going to learn this year. I just hope he doesn't take all year to learn it. He learns it quickly and competes for this championship. But I think it's something he's going to have to tr- be dealing with all year. And I think it's something we may find out of Webster. Yeah, you know, that's it. This is something they've got to work out very, very quickly because uh, you don't want to be uh, you don't want to be chasing points when you're getting halfway through the season where someone like uh, Kirk Gibbs or, or, you know, Todd Waters and that, that's when they're and their peak spot. That's when they get going and that's, yep. uh, that's when you don't want to be dealing with it. But uh, you never know. It could have been that or it could be, like you said, the 450 class and just getting used to the beast. You know, the intensity of this class is going to be a lot different than the 250 class probably from what he's used to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kyle Webster's going to finish fourth on the day. But how's his charge through the packs, though? Uh, Both motos. Just his sheer speed on that bike is... Insanity. The first one, he goes down and then catches all the way up and trying to pass Clout again for the second time. Goes down again. But May was making up like two seconds a lap. Kitchen sink. He was just super fast and looked like the final motor he sort of backed everything down. Just was like, all right, I don't need to go at that pace. I'll go just a little bit and just, yeah... His crash was pretty violent. Did you see that? Yeah. Because we couldn't see it from where we were standing, but when I watched the replay back on TV, I was like, holy, he, that was big and got up. and L- Lucky not to hurt himself in that in yeah. situation like that as well. So, yeah, so he went 2-5 for, for fourth overall. So, um, yeah, disappointing if you're a Kyle Webster fan, but I think he's uh, he's in good stead moving forward. Yep. Uh, moving on, the five finishes five on the day, Kirk Gibbs. Uh Back with the KDM uh, team there, Kirk Gibbs. A uh, bit of a slow, slow start for Kirk, yeah? Yeah, I mean, he's come off the, the foot injury in the preseason. Uh, talked to him post-race, and he was just like, man, it's just seat time. Like, he just didn't get it. He had too much time off the bike trying to get his foot healed up and just a little behind the eight ball. But, I mean, if, if you're Kirk Gibbs and you're behind the eight ball and you get a fifth, I mean, as much as he's bummed, I'm still thinking I'm in good stead here because yeah. it could be a lot worse. There's especially, some other riders, especially on a track that. like that mm. that is deteriorated like that. If he's uh you know a little bit behind with fitness or injury or something like that, and you can still snag a fifth. Yeah, he went seven four, yeah. so he got better as the track got rougher. That's yep. t- typical Kirk Gibbs. Typical. You know the other person like that, Todd Waters. When this thing deteriorates, yeah. that's when these guys come alive, and this is going to be something we're going to see all year. Yeah. Uh, then we move on to Brett Metcalf, the 24. Um, Meddy in the first one loses a loses a radiator cap, runs the thing dry of water. Like I'm just amazed that thing seen the end. So it would have been like 10 minutes to stop steaming? 10 minutes in? Yeah. Maybe even earlier? Probably. And then went 30 minutes with no freaking coolant in this thing and finished the motor. That's uh. To share the KDM, really. <laughs> like, That's a, that, if you ever want to advertise for KDM, there's your advertisement. Uh, that thing ran all the way to the end. Um, and then the second moto, he got a good start again, but just, I, it, I don't know whether it was a practice bike he was on or what. I think they did swap swapped out bikes. And yeah. I think they were on, on a spare bike, uh, but... He you know, started up front, but he just dropped the pace of those guys midway. Yeah, and you know, just I'm just amazed that bike finished. You know, it's it's not really. It would have been ideal to start off Moto One of the season with a DNF with the, with with a mechanical on the motorcycle, but uh yeah, dude, Medi, he just <laughs> comes out on his own program, does his own thing, and you know, 
Sixth on today. Not yeah. too bad at all. With five, six scores. I can't believe he got fifth in the first moto with no water and no ri- bike. Ridiculous. It's because everyone behind him couldn't see. <laughs> yeah, they all <laughs> steamed up. Uh, then moving on, uh, the 45er Hayden Melros. Uh, he goes, what, uh, 10, 10, 7 on the day? Yep. Uh, He's a top 10 guy. 100%. Yeah, I think he's expecting better. I think he's another guy. He had one of those preseason injuries leading into the week, into the first round uh, and just didn't quite get the seat time. And it kind of showed. We've seen Hayden Melros last year there at Wonthaggy. He was pretty good. He was battling up inside the top five when he was riding for CDR Yamaha. Obviously has made the switch to gas, to gas gas. I don't think that's the the problem. I think it may be just the, that preseason injury and not being 100% right coming in around number one um, may be more the issue because, damn, those gas gases looked good. <laughs> you know, visually looked good. But, uh, yeah, he was kind of just off that that front five all day just sitting in behind there. And, and as I said, consistency kind of got him that seventh place. Yeah, that's a, another guy. I'm going to – this will be one of the guys I want to watch at uh, Mackay, you yep. know, when we get to a different – condition a track yeah i think he's more of a hard pack type of guy than he has been in the past with sand so that'll be one to watch for sure uh the number six Jaden rikus on the empire kawasaki same thing again trent mm. uh, i think he had a bit of a rough rough off season coming yep. into this and he looked good it's funny how like the preseason was so long yet all of them have some of them have come in but i mean it's that last push the last month or so where you're really starting to make gains and those injuries come. We see it in other, you know, forms of motocross and supercross. It's yep. the same thing. Uh, but it's funny just how long a preseason these guys had. And, <laughs> you know, a lot of them right before it starts get those little injuries. But, um, it, you know, it was good to see Kawasaki fighting up, you know, inside the top 10 all day long. Um, but, yeah, he just, just off the back of that pack. And, again, really didn't see him in any of the battles. Like, he was kind of that guy that, wasn't super flashy didn't do anything extravagant he just got in and got his results and and you know got the points on the board and he's going to walk away from round number one with with obviously something to to build on that that's it and you know we should probably should have said this at the start i think a lot of these guys you know had that attack plan of okay let's just go into round one get through it and move on down get to mckay and let's start this thing off so uh like you said don't want to start round off with a with a mechanical you don't want to start off with an injury as well trent that's right. Then we move on to Matt Moss. Uh, he went 8-10 on the day. Um, <laughs> you got to start out with Matt Moss in qualifying. Like Lap one. Lap one of qualifying. I mean, unfortunately, this stuff follows Matt Moss wherever he goes. And I, I mean, he kind of does it to himself. They're kind of always in this stuff, the Moss Brothers. But it was just fitting that we get to round number one after the year we had last year. And lap number one, Matt Moss jumps to the finish line, tabletop right in front of the steward or the clerk, I'm guessing it was. The next lap round, they're hanging out a minus three positions penalty to the 102. And we're just like... Something's it, never changed. It was the it was the look back when he rode past and the hand. I was like, here we go. Yeah. And sure enough, as, as soon as practice qualifying finished, it was on for uh, a lot of shouting going on between Matt and Jake with the uh, with the officials there as well. And yeah, uh, I think they feel like they did not jump the whole way over from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, I mean, he landed right on the end, which yeah, I mean, technically a yellow flag is to wheels on the ground. But, it, it, you know, it's yeah. funny. I, I spoke to to Kirk Gibbs about this the other night. He's like, dude, that first lap, I roll. 
Yeah. Everywhere I just roll. And I think Todd Waters is the exact same yeah. as well. They they know these guys are going to watch this. And, and, you know, they have to. You know, this, is the, this is the national championship. The one thing we did notice about all of this is that they were nailing everyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. MX3 class got fully pulled over. 16. 16 riders out of that class. Yeah. They got all the whole class just got pulled over and got read the ride act. And then, yeah, I think eight each class or something like that got penalties three position penalties out of it all so it was yeah it was crazy uh how much they were coming down on it but it is a rule um i i agree with that and the thing is i've seen this for a few riders as well where jet burger stevens obviously went down on, on one of the laps there on the face of the tabletop yeah people were were coming back through landing up their back roosting like come on guys someone's down yeah treat this as if you were down uh that's that's the one that you know disappoints the, me the only thing that I have just to differ that is that it is qualifying. Yep. And we know in Supercross, they just red flag qualifying and restart that to give them optimal time. Exactly. So you can understand why these guys are accelerating because they're like, well, I'm trying to get my lap in. Yep. Yes, there's a rider down, but it's still qualifying. And there's only a 10 minute window to get it done. So I think that's something for them to have a look at and be like, hey, if we have that situation, where we have a rider down and it's pretty serious and race safer there. We just red flag it line them all back up somewhere on the track and just let them go. And, I, and I think regardless, when you've got a rider in that situation on the track like that, it should be red flagged anyway. So yeah. that's been a, a, an argument of mine in the past. We, we won't they go got, too far into uh, that. I mean, they got him, off, got him off pretty quick, so it was good to see. Are um, any other top 10 first privateer rider? I mean, I guess you would call Matt Moss a privateer rider. Um, but... The, yeah, I, Matt Moss's program is a little different than everyone else's. I mean, he flew to the race and flew home. So, do you do you consider that a? I mean, he is a privateer. Like, he's, it's a privateer. When you're funding it, it's a privateer. Yeah, okay. But I mean, a dude who literally drove the van down and drove the van home. That's I. You would consider that more yeah, a full privateer. A full privateer, but yeah. And I think anyone that doesn't have a fa- isn't pinning out of a truck or, or something like that, and you know, funding this thing as well, they're a privateer. Obviously, not as hardcore as some of the guys that. Well, uh, well let's go full first hardcore privateer Joel Evans the 81 a 10th overall uh he goes the perfect score of 11 11 for 10 <laughs> like that is a perfect score um got to give props to Joel Evans uh when I seen the result I went oh like I did not even notice he was floating inside that top 10 until he posted his results and we actually started studying the results and I was like man Joel Evans did good like that is a legit Drives himself to the to the races, drives himself home. He's going to probably race this weekend in Kingaroy for the state stuff and then drive north to Mackay for next weekend. Yeah, you know, and word on the street with that as well is that wasn't his usual bike that he's no. racing. So uh, to do that on a foreign bike, that's not really, you know, they've just thrown his suspension or his plastics on there as well on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. That's, uh, you got to give that to him. Yeah, an impressive ride inside the top 10. Uh, we'll rip through the rest of these here because we obviously got four classes to talk about. Uh, then in behind him, Lockie Latimer, another Queensland rider. Dude. I give it to him. Lockie has unlocked <laughs> yep. something special yeah but it's, it's the work he's putting in as well that that guy is is putting a lot of work in he's doing as much racing as he can as much on as he can and it's finally starting to show yeah as i said like he's been getting good over the last couple of years but like when he rode at conondale at the at the sunshine state mx series a couple of weeks ago i was like holy shit he'd come back from an injury but he just looked different on a motorcycle too 
And then he was he was running up there. The crash in the final moto, like he got a sixth in moto one, and he was floating in and around that moto off the start, but collected with one of the riders and went down and knocked himself out. Well, quote unquote, knocked himself out. Um, he said he was seeing seeing cuckoo birds. Yeah, that's not good. And then you know gets up, uh, he finishes eighteenth, but he's you know he's still. Gets himself up and and rides through the this. I'm just like, dude, he's impressive ride for Lockie Latimer. He he just deserves some some credit for that because, um, yeah, he was sticking it up there with the, the with the fast guys. That's yeah, for sure. That's he had it. some factory guys in behind him. Just, just to finish off that crash is uh just that's uh yeah tough son of a bitch. That's it. Uh, then we go to uh Jobin Baldwin gets 12th place, a Honda rider there. Uh, the disappointment, I think, for both of us and Nick is the 13th place rider, the Triple One and Dean Ferris. Yeah, dude, it didn't didn't look good from the the moment he got on the track in practice qualifying. Uh, you know, there was an injury, the the collarbone or the shoulder coming into the season, which put a bit of doubt into it. We uh we seen him ride a couple of weeks ago as well. So- he, he's he's gonna get better, <laughs> but. There is a massive gap. Seventeen nine. Uh, the first moto he crashed and was a lap down. Um, and then I, I guess the glimmer of hope is once he got lapped by Waters, he sat in behind Todd for the rest of the moto, and that was sort of just after halfway. Yep. So he's got the Waters speed to go with Todd, uh, and that was after crashing. But then the second moto, yeah, just a ninth. Like I don't know if the the injury flared up from the crash or whatever happened. Or, yeah, or not happy with the bike or or, yeah. or whatever it is. But uh, I expect Dino to come out and be a lot better. Oh yeah. You know, especially when we get Mackay for one. I feel like he's going to be really really good there. And yep. you know, uh, he come out and said the same thing. A lot of work to do. And you know, that guy from previous experience, he'll he'll dig deep and he'll find what it is and find the missing ingredient uh john Darrick will be 14th dylan wood 15th uh luke zielinski massive crash in qualifying yep. for luke zielinski nothing we can do about visors or nope, those helmets nope, either. Nah, nothing nothing we just can... don't even run the helmet don't uh, even run the visor sorry <laughs> joel whiteman 17 uh cody olone 18 levi mcmanus 19 Corey Watts, 20, and Mitchell Norris round out the 21 uh, riders that scored points at round number one in the MX1 division. Uh, MX2, Nick, moving right along. Wilson Todd? Yep. You know, Wilson Todd uh, probably was one of the favorites leading into this thing. You know, his uh, return to Australia here on the HRC Honda bike. Gets out there, does, uh, does some good starts. You know, I, I think a lot of people as well thought, okay, Wilson's probably just going to hole shot and go and gap these guys. It didn't go down like that. I mean, we didn't really talk about him much in the preseason. There wasn't super amount of hype. Like, everyone's like, oh, well, he's back and he's going to be good. But, I mean, how different is it from Europe and that bike? And, I mean, there was a lot of questions and we seen him in a preseason race and we weren't super impressed. And it's like, Ugh, what are we going to get? But, dude, qualifies two seconds quicker than everyone. Which we were just like, did it glitch, glitch in the system? But no, he was that fast. But then, uh, yeah, gets out, goes 1-1. One, one, you know, solid ride, but he wasn't two seconds dominant in the races, as you said. Like, I think he he was good, but the next rider who runs second, this kid, I think walks away from round number one with more confidence than Wilson Todd. Yeah, you know, and not, not as well. It's uh, it's It's showing what they're putting in, you know? Alex Larwood, dude, rode incredible. 
he followed and just covered in roost the whole time. It's, you know, maybe a, a bit of a different track with more passing opportunities. He might have actually, you know, tried to run it in a couple spots. But uh, for Alex Larwood, incredible. But going back to Wilson Todd, the second moto, he was another one of these guys that, come onto it with the uh, the heat yeah. or, or the exhaustion because this dude, he did not look good. He was cooked, uh, did his post-race stuff or, you know, sort of tried to, on the way back to the truck, sort of asked him if we'd do an interview and he was like not in a good place. And I said, mate, once you've cooled down, had a drink and whatever. And he sat in the truck for a long time trying to recover. So uh, I think it may have caught him a little off guard. But I heard a rumor that he's been doing a lot of training up back up at home in Cairns and I was like, we well, should be good with the heat. Yeah, so I, I feel I, like I might be just... Maybe the tracks? I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. A lot of people, uh, Aaron Turney was the same. When I spoke to him, he was, dude, I'm nearly ready to throw up. Like, Yeah, it, it, interesting. Like I said, if he's been training at home, he should be used to the heat. So that's why I'm kind of thinking maybe that's uh, not a factual statement, but it'd be interesting to find that out next round if we can get a hold of him about that question. But uh, yeah, he walks away with the red play, but Alex Larwood, 2-2 on the day. As I said, first moto, he gets in behind Wilson Todd and just follows him. Pretty much a whole race, um, but he couldn't get the pass done. The second one was more impressive to me. Yep, because he come from tenth. Yep, and then got to the rear tire and did the same thing as Moto One. Yes, he probably would have liked to pass him and got the win. But as I said, if you're leaving round number one, Wilson Todd has the red plate. Yes, but Alex Larwood has to ha- take a shit ton of confidence moving into round number two, knowing that he can come from back and run with him and start with him and run with him with a track with some more options like Mackay is going to have. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do with a bit more open track. Yeah, 100%. If I'm Wilson Todd, I'm looking at that behind me as well. And uh, that's one thing I'll give Wilson as well. You know, when you're pushed and pushed and pushed for that long, you sometimes going to be pushed into making a mistake. And uh, it was mistake-free for yeah, Wilson. That's right. But yeah, dude, that was an, an amazing ride for Alex Larwood. And he's definitely been putting the time in uh, during the, the long off-season we had. And it's, and it's starting to show. And, you know, as well for that team as well. That's really, really important for that team. That's it. Uh, moving on to third place here with uh, four three finishes, the eleven circuit Yamaha of Bailey Malkowitz. Yep. Um, a kind of a surprise. I mean, he's back from Europe, and you know he's got all that experience. But uh, I mean, I th- I don't know. I guess maybe we've seen too much from him in the preseason. We read a lot, too, a little bit too much into it because, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I dude. Bailey, Bailey's going to be a top five guy. Um, oh. You know, a couple, I didn't expect Larwood to be in front of him and I expected Jesse Dobson to be in front of him as well. So maybe it is a standout ride or, or so, you know, something we didn't expect to see, but he was another one flying the flag for the Circa Yamaha. He looked good. Yeah, I, I, as I said, like just seeing him in the preseason races that he did, I was kind of like a bit worried of the transition back and, and what that looked like. And yeah, for him... To, to get a third and a final motor, he looked much better than Moto1. It looked like he was kind of fighting with the bike a little bit in Moto1, um, even though it's, a, it's still a fourth. And then to go to, to a third in the final one and tie on points with his teammate, um, I was just like, okay. The one thing I noticed with Bailey, and I mean, I've seen him ride and watched him, but I don't know if it's a Yamaha or the gear or whatever, but dude, his legs look like they're three kilometers long. Like he just is so lanky on the motorcycle. I'm like, 
he makes that thing. It's the opposite of Troll. <laughs> Troll yeah. is running an XL. He's running an XS. Like, he yeah. just looks like he's so big on that motorcycle, but makes it work. And that, you know, that does make it work on a track like, uh, you know, when it goes rough like that, really using your legs to absorb a lot of these bumps and, and hop all over the place makes it a lot easier. So that's uh, that's something that's going to work in his favor for sure. Uh, the 14, Jesse Dobson, the other Circo Yamaha rider, as I said, tied on points. Uh, he went 3-4. His teammate went 4-3 and beat him on the, on the count back there. Kick back. Uh, Jesse Dobson was a little bit of a surprise for me. I, as I said, we we had him as winner and and you know title favorite moving in. I mean, he's only fourth. It's not like it was terrible, but just didn't look like he caught fire much on on Saturday. Yeah, uh, Sunday. Know, yeah, uh, his birthday actually. It's happy birthday to Jesse Dobson. Uh, one thaggy, but. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I did have him for the win. Mm. You know, he's a Queensland guy, so he doesn't really venture down there too much to ride these tracks. But that track, as he said, is very similar looking soil and, and that to cool in which Jesse Dobson is an absolute animal. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was banking on a little yeah, bit. That, yeah, that's it. No, you know, usually Jesse's pretty good in the sand as well, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to go too much on you know, his position, he might have been the same thing, you know, just let's just go to round one, get out there, um, get some points on the board and move on. Uh, I expect Jesse's going to come in absolutely swinging at Mackay. I feel like that track's going to suit him really, really well. He's done some laps around there and oh, look yeah. good. And he's been up there in the preseason too, so he's done a few lately. Uh, so yeah, De- Dobson with fourth. Then we move on to Ryder Kingsford, the number five. Uh, this kid last year in MX3 was a standout, but holy smokes, this weekend, I became a little bit of a Kingsford fan because he was buried Moto One, and you and I are like, man, is he going to be able to make it forward? And then he was just picking dudes off all the way to the final. And I mean, he had uh, Haruki Yokoyama <laughs> in front of him in the first in the first Moto, and it was a long way, long gap between. And by the end, he was on the rear tire by the final lap. Like he did not give up on it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think uh, he's going to be a surprise as well for this season. Where where is where's he from? Where's his where does he reside? I think he is a Victorian local as well. Okay, so I think that's a home track. That that track he probably uh done a few laps around there as well, but uh what's uh where was he last year? Uh, he was he was uh he was only junior. This is his first year yeah, senior. Yeah, I thought so, that was the case. Yeah, he was MX3 last year. Uh, moved to the WBR Yamaha team and and gone MX2. So, as I said, I think there was a little hype around him after last last season. Um, where did where did he finish last season? Uh, second, you got oh, second to yeah, Fox. Okay, yeah. I thought yeah, I was just trying to remember that. So that's a that's dude. That's an awesome, you know, come out in the SMX2 class. Sorry, and in you know. And run fifth, that's unreal. Yeah, as I said, Moto One was the the impressive one to me where he yeah, he come from buried in the pack. Like I think he was outside the top fifteen when he started and, and made his way through. So super ride for him inside the top five. Look for him uh to do some some better things with some with some starts, I think, here moving yep. forward. Uh then we move to the two Empire Kawasaki teammates here, the forty four Jai Constantino, the the guy who's made a real standout last year in this class at this track. Uh, another one of the beaten pro formula riders, home track for him. Um Dude, he he gets a seven seven result for six. Another one to benefit from that. Um, but again, he just looks solid all day. He looks good on the cowie. Um, and in a team situation, he beat his teammate. Uh, well, he tied again. Another teammate tie between the two of them. But yeah, uh, yeah, he he looks very very good on that Kawasaki. But uh, you know, he was originally going to be a filling rider. That's what he was last year. And now he's been able to, you know, get the, the year uh, deal with that Empire Kawasaki team mm-hmm. for motocross and supercross. Um, 
Same thing. I, I, he's had a, he's, his junior career was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he, he was a pretty big prospect. So to go out there on that Kawasaki and, dude, I'm just, as a Kawasaki guy, I'm just happy to see, <laughs> look at that, two Kawasaki's in the top 10 flying the flag for Kawasaki. But, uh, Jai, really, really nice, well spoken guy. Good and, kid. um, I think once again as well, Sand's not really his forte. Well, he's think, a local there. Yeah, apparently he prefers like a lot of the harder track, yeah. harder pack track, uh, hard pack type type track. So you know he's another guy. I think uh, will do pretty well at Mackay. And then his teammate Haruki Yokoyama in behind him. As I said tied on points, but got beaten on the count back there with Jai's consistency. Dude, the smallest human on a motorcycle. I think he even makes Troll look like a giant. Dude, he makes Troll look big. He this when I, I went up to the truck and I was speak with him. He walked out. I was just like. Is your dad available? <laughs> Excuse me, son. Where's your father? Um, but once again, really, really nice guy. Uh, he was pretty well His spoken. His English is good. Really good. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's, he's been, it's funny. He's been in Australia, what, two years now, or maybe even longer. And this is the first time we've actually seen him yeah. at a pro MX event. So, uh, finally, and dude, he looks silky smooth on that bike. And another thing for him as well, when that track started deteriorating, he looked good. Yeah. Uh, typical Japanese rider, though, running the Arai helmet. They yep. Every time you've seen a Japanese rider on Australia, they've always run an Arai. Uh, but, yeah, it was funny just to get some comments. Like, a lot of people, like, he was, su- like, silky smooth to watch. They were very impressed with him. And even when it got rough, he was, you know... There wasn't much leverage on the motorcycle and he was still making it work. So um, interesting to see what he can do with some of these tracks. And I mean, a lot of these riders are going to be learning these facilities for the first time. None more than Haruki. He's going to have to learn all of these. Never been to any, you know, well, most of these tracks. You so, know, that can also be a positive too yeah. because you come into it with an open mindset mm-hmm. and suddenly you, this might become your track. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, I mean, a lot of these guys are going to be riding Mackay for the first time. Yep. So. Yep. And he, he seemed pretty pumped about uh, riding up there as well. So, uh, but just a, a big shout out to that Empire Empire team as well. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, finally coming together for him. That's it. Uh, the 64 of Dylan Wills, a factory Husqvarna rider alongside Todd Waters there. Uh, eighth place for him. He had a couple of crashes on yep. the day that kind of cost him. He, you know, We know Dylan Wills is fast. He's got a lot of talent. Um, when he gets to hard pack, being a Sydney boy, oh, yeah. he's going to be lights out. But he looked good in the sand. Just those little tip overs just were costing him. And, uh, you know, and that's why that result looks like the and, way it And does. good starts as well. Yeah, very good starts. Very good starts. Yeah. So I think the tip overs are probably, you know, track related as well. And, you know, just little mistakes like that. Like you said, he's uh, he's a hard pack dude so like you said i think he's gonna he's gonna go well when we get this uh then we're moving on ninth place the sand specialist himself for his bud <laughs> um he another sydney boy he's good on hard pack he's he's you know self-proclaimed that he's not the biggest fan of sand <laughs> um you know and he said that in, in interviews and it was kind of one of those days for him you know moto one he went down a couple of times and you know was kind of a not a horrible race, but I mean, he's got 12th moto one, uh, but he, you know, he rebounds with a six in the final moto, which is somewhere around where we expect Reese Bud. Um, but yeah, I think he, uh, the thing that makes it worse for Reese Bud is your teammate got second. Yeah. That's what makes it very tough to go, you know, back to the truck and, you know, 
do some soul searching a little bit, but Reese Bud's one of those guys. He'll take this, use his motivation. I bet he's working his ass off this week to to better himself moving into the the next couple of rounds. Absolutely, couldn't couldn't agree more. I think when we get sort of up this way as well, Reese is uh sort of used to a lot of these tracks up here as well. And like yeah. you said, uh, not a not a sand lover. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't prefer it, but he gets through. Uh, then we move on to the 88 rounds out of the top 10. Brody Connolly, the fill-in rider at WBR, the um, New, New Zealand, Zealand. New Zealand kid, yep. 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 Um, dude, super impressive race number one. He was running up front. He, I think he was fifth at one point or yep. fourth or something at one point. Uh, you know, dropped back a little bit, ends up a, 11th in um, Moto1, but... For a kid who gets a, a sort of a last-minute call-up to come over to Australia to race, you know, that's kind how, of it. How much sand do you think they've got? Sand tracks, you reckon they've got over in New Zealand? Oh, probably heaps. They have freaking wicked tracks over there. I, yeah, I just don't know if it's sand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. some, so, uh, Yeah, you just got to go look at Cody Cooper and True, and True. Ben Townley's tracks they ride on. They have freaking everything within them. Hour span Has he so. been over here before? I'm uh, not 100 percent sure. I'm not 100 percent sure. We got our New Zealand correspondent. We might have to get some information out of him. But uh, as I said, I, I think it's super impressive to get a last minute call. I think he only got announced like a week or week and a half before yeah, round I th- number I one. I think it was about that. And that's yeah. a w- WBR. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I'm. I'm. We didn't get the official word, but I think Rogers obviously had an injury and and he wasn't there. Bike was there, and I think Connolly's a fill in for that. So I'm uh, gonna be interested to see how long he sticks around and what he does. But uh, round. You know, gets inside the top 10. I do. When I think you're, you're going to run top 10 in the MX2 class, even if you're filling, uh, they'll find a bike for you. That's right. Uh, so then we'll rip through the backside here of the top 10. Uh, Liam Andrews in 11th, one of those ride red Honda riders. Um, good ride for him. Hugh McKay, the downhill specialist yep. himself. Has he? The he's, from, he's from Penguin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, another another solid ride for him. Isaac Ferguson. Yep. Um uh privateer rider. That guy is it says Gas Gaslin here, but I'm pretty sure he was riding a KDM. Yeah. Yep. So um their program is Just trying to get same, together. Same bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh Blake Fox on the Gas Gas. This is I think a little bit disappoint disappointment for the MX3 champion from last year. I think he may have just missed the mark. Okay. Okay. When you say I missed the mark, what do you mean? Can you elaborate a little bit? Maybe set up, maybe getting ready for the season. I I don't think he had an injury. I think he may have just missed the mark. I, it's not fitness. It's not fitness. I think he may have just missed the bike setup a little bit. Yeah. So that I'm I'm gonna put it down to that because I you know we are a fan of Blake Fox. We've had him on the show. He's done does a lot of you know interviews and that when we've needed him. But yeah, our 14th around number one for the reigning MX3 champion. Kind of a tough start to the series. Where, so. Okay, where do you place him in that list? In your in these twenty riders we got here, where would you place Blake Fox as your expectation? Well, I mean, he beat Ryder Kingsford last year. Yep, and Ryder Kingsford got fifth. Yep. So that's that's sort of the question I had. Is, is he a top five guy to you? Well, it, it, as I said, going off last year's results, that's what it is. So um, should be in around that top five. But yeah, he's another one of those guys that you know from I think he's from Dubbo, um, hard pack around there. Think he's going to look better on hardback once we get there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm the same as you. That one was a bit of a disappointment for me, but I need to see. Uh, I'll go through Mackay as well, and I, I expect he's going to do a lot better up there as well. Ah, uh, their, their bikes look good though. Yeah, those gas gas look they real look, good. They look really good. Um, moving on, fifteenth, the sixteenth. 
Caleb Barham. He's been a he's been away from it for a little bit with injuries. Uh, great to see him back down there, Trent, on board. His Husqvarna as well. Cost me lunch, which I didn't actually pay up on, so that's okay. So can you can you at, sort that out? At the moment, yeah, I'm still up. Uh, How are you still up? Because I haven't paid for it. <laughs> uh, Noah Ferguson. This is uh this kid led seven five yeah. minutes of race number one, and then had a big crash through the rollers. Yeah, um, but picked himself back up. Um, comes out and gets a 13th in Moto2. I think he was pretty beat up. I'm pretty sure he's got a fractured hand. I was going to say, how did he... How was he? Because that Moto2 wasn't as good, but he managed to finish in Moto2, yeah? I'm pretty sure he's got like a fractured hand from the either from the crash or leading in. I seen him put up a post and I didn't actually read it and I was going to take a screenshot, so I had it for memory. Um, but there was an x-ray of his hand and there's a broken bone in the hand. So um, I may look at that while we're, while we're continuing to talk here. But I mean... I. The crash was big enough. He laid there for a while. Yep. So yeah, for that's... him to get up um, and then finish, that's that's a that's a pretty yeah, good ride. Like, but dude, he came out. He's uh, his whole shot, and then dude, leading laps, but he led and and almost rode away from these guys for 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 many laps as well, Trent. So uh, but that's one thing we know with Noah Ferguson is he has a ship ton of speed. Yep. Like a real, you know. Uh, he got the raw talent. It's just putting it together for him. So uh, disappointment, but yeah, there's the broken bone in the hand, but in the post, it doesn't say anything about that happening, but it just says that it was a tough round. Holy wow. That's not a, that's a metacarpal. So yeah, his fourth metacarpal looks to be a, a total, a total break in it. And dude, using that uh, for gripping the bars. Yeah, so, holy shit. Yeah. So on the outside of the hand. So um, interesting. For him to finish that motor and do that. Uh, rip through the back end of this. Uh, Chandler, uh, Chandler Burns, a 24, another Honda rider. Connor Tierney, the Western Australian guy, dropped down to MX2. That um, that there is a disappointment to me as well. I, I thought Connor Tierney was going to do a little bit better than that. Um, thoughts on that? Yeah, as I said, dropping down, I think it's, uh, I mean, being from WA, they've got plenty of sand over there. Um, just not 100% sure. One of those guys we're going to probably have to go track down. I mean, he's a former, I think he's under 19 Sure champion. is, sure yeah. is, yep. So, which is now MX3. So, yeah, not 100% sure. We need to track down a little bit of information. As I said, we walked away from this race first round with a lot more questions than I think we got answered. Uh, Mackenzie O'Brie, Ty Jones, Thomas Ravenhorst, George Knight, and Braden Krebs ran out the 23 riders that scored points in MX2. Um, MX3, Nick. Yep. The winner. The 82, Campbell Williams. We're going to get him on here very, very soon and talk about his day. But, uh, dude, 25 25 points each. So we went 1-1 in the motos. That's uh, no better way to start off the day. Uh, Yeah. Fastest qualifier, 1-1. Kid had a broken shoulder two weeks before. That's incredible. Tough as nails. Um, we're going to talk to him about it here very shortly. Uh, so you get a bit more of a breakdown of what he said. But yeah, very, very impressive ride for him. Eighth last year in a championship and he comes out and takes a red plate out of round number one. I ask one thing and one thing only. Wear some bright gear if you are on a Honda. <laughs> just wear the red flag please, gear. <laughs> please, just wear the bright stuff. Um, yeah, so he goes on one. Uh, Brock Flynn. This was a surprise to me. Yep. Uh, Brock Flynn trains up here. He's moved 
over here. I'm pretty sure he's a Western Australian kid. He's moved over to Queensland, um, part of the Ford Dale Elite program. Yep. Um, been working at it for a few years. Two great starts. Uh, run up front, led a lot of uh, led a couple of laps, um, and then you know he he went four two for second overall. The second race he was just gritty, determined, yep. had some pressure the whole moto, and still run away with second. But Brock Flynn was uh, yeah very very impressive round number one for him. Yeah, you know I think it's a testament to what Ford Dale is doing with these guys as well. And Levi at five four seven, uh, his fitness looked amazing as well. Bike looked great. Uh, he was uh, he was a surprise for me, and dude, he's uh, a bit of a fan. Yeah, so we're just going to rip, rip through top 10 in MX3 to not drag this out too far. Uh, then Byron Dennis rounds out the podium, the number 23 gas gas rider. Uh, he went uh, two, seven. Yep. So uh, he was running up there, and I think he crashed in the final moto late, uh, but he was battling out there. Looked like he probably would have took second overall in yep. the, on the weekend. And but Jack Mather, he only needed one more position to get over the podium as well. Yeah. Uh, the second moto being good. Jack looked good. Mather looked good. Uh, he was he was fastest qualifier in um, session number two. MX3 had 72 riders or 60, that's I think in, that's, 68 or something insane. like that. That's good to see though. So two groups of qualifying, 20 riders out of each group qualified. Yep. So uh, he was fastest in heat in group number two. Campbell Williams was uh, fastest in group number one. So... Mather just didn't get the starts. Yep. He needs to get some starts to see what he can do with Campbell Williams. I think that's going to be the battle between those guys because he was, you know, very, very quick, the 43 of Jack Mather. And in our final moto, he was just pressuring Brock Flynn to the final lap, just could not get that pass stuck. Um, but yeah, Jack Mather was super impressive on the weekend. Got himself some TV time, yep. uh, but didn't get on the podium. So I said to him, take the TV time, bud, because that's very, you know, very beneficial for these young riders getting on TV. I, I can't wait to see him up here as well. Uh, when we get Queensland, do some rounds up here as well. I think he's going to be unbelievable. But, you know, look at that. You know, three, four, and five, 36 points, 35 points, 35 points going to be it's really tight it is very tight arcade minia last year he was the youngest rider in this class i mean he's only a year older so he's, <laughs> he's still young <laughs> uh but the 66 kdm he's part of the kdm junior racing program um yeah he he went uh three six on the day so a 30 moto one for the 66 machine he is uh yeah he's a kid with a lot of talent and the one thing kate minia has on his side is time yep He's still very young. Absolutely. And uh, look good on the bike as well. Very impressive. Then we move on to a couple of Queensland kids. Ryan Alexanderson, the 62 uh, KDM rider. We know this kid has talent. It sort of showed it. I don't think he's unlocked his full potential at a national level, though, this kid. The, you know, some of these names as well, nerves are going to start to get to these guys being the first time in this in the season. And like you said, uh Pretend the flags aren't there, but when you've got TV cameras and stuff like that, the nerves can start to get to these guys. Like you said, a lot of speed from this kid, and uh, he's he'll put it together. Yeah, he just got to unlock it on race day and, and show. And I think, again, a kid that needs some starts. Once he gets some starts under his belt, I think you'll see what he can do right this, up front. You know, let's talk about it as well. This track, the, the start for this track is weird. Mm. It's like the never-ending uh, first corner, and it's got almost two apexes. It's sort of one of those starts where anywhere on that grid, you can kind of make it work for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it was gate selection where he was gating selecting. We weren't 
keeping an eye on that too much, but it looked yep. like, you know, sort of j- next to the box outwards yep. was sort of the, the better ones to open up that first corner. But um, yeah, they, they, just some starts for him would be good. And then Jet Allsop, another one of the uh, Queensland riders we have here in seventh. Again, Jet looked very good. The Allsop family is amazing. They yep. picked us up from our rental car place and drove us to the airport. So we got to give them a shout out for that. Um, he had a couple of bike issues as well, Jet, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he had uh, the hose pop off the thing and ran it out of water as well and finished the motor kdm <laughs> kdm that's kdm all, that's it here's their slogan don't need water don't need water <laughs> um and it's also yeah so dude he, he i like that kid as well um i think you know from up here as well he's gonna come out swinging when we get on some uh is, is he much of a sand guy yeah, part of it. he's grown up in and around Coolum. Yep. So that track would have you know suited him to ground. But as he said, uh, we did post race interview with him, and I obviously got to talk to him a lot at the airport. Just just nerves got to him a little bit. His first time doing a yeah. doing a Pro Max, so yep. nerves got to him a little bit. But then he kind of shrugged him off race two. Um, you know, he got a fourth in in race number two. So um, he's got some talent on board as well. Just again, get rid of those nerves and and get uh, keep going. Weight reduction, no water in the bike, no water in the bike. Yep. Uh, Tynan Keen in eighth, the Honda rider. He was just sort of one of those riders again all day. We didn't really pay much attention to. He was just super solid. Yep, and that's what you kind of be. You don't want to be out there crashing your brains out, but you also want to be collecting good points and, and got himself inside the top 10. Uh, Connor Tal, he was running up front in race number two, I think it was. Yep, that's right. And then went down, had a pretty decent crash, got up though, uh, still finished with the 13th, but he had some speed and was running towards the front in both motos, but I'm pretty sure he crashed Moto 1 too. Um, but just a couple of crashes cost this kid, but he's another one. As I said, it's very stacked to the top. Once these kids figure it out, dude, it's like flip a coin. Who can, who can you know, I mean, Campbell Williams dominated to this weekend, but I feel there's a lot of riders moving forward that will take a bit of confidence, get rid of some of these nerves, and are really going to put the pressure yeah, on Yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly there with the nerves. And, you know, next round, it's not so weird. It's it's not so strange. They've done it before. They're getting used to it with the TV stuff, you know. And, you know, it's, it's probably weird for these guys to rock up on a... a Rack up, rock on up to the track on a Saturday and have to get your photos taken and done yeah. all that as well. Yeah. That's all stuff that's there. And, you know, driving into the track, seeing all the trucks, it's all subconsciously there. Yeah, it, it'll get in there. And then we're out the top 10 now. My guy, Liam Owens. Um, Consistent day for him. Yeah, I mean, he goes 10-10 for 10. <laughs> so, it works. <laughs> it works. Uh, another kid who, again, I think the nerves may have got to him a little bit. He will, he, he said it on the, you know, he was on the Motor Limited show Monday night after the event, uh, backing it up, doing media, this kid. Yep. Um, Comes out swinging. Yeah, he's a funny character. Uh, but he said, you know, maybe just got to him a little bit, tensed up a little bit and, you know, just round one, these yep. kids. So uh, that's the top 10. We won't go through too far into this because uh, these guys We'll be battling it out. We'll so- surely talk about them in the future. And then we move on to the MXW class. We will round out just the top 10 in this. These ladies are not doing all the rounds. Yep. I think they do this one, Gilman and Coolum. Three rounds all up. Yep. Three yep. total. Uh, but, I mean, it was just ultimately Charlie Cannon domination. Yeah. Before we get into that, uh, mm. dude, 
how healthy does it look? Uh, 22 riders they had that's inc- in the field. Dude, that's incredible. That's probably the best numbers they've had for the women's class so far yet. Um, and single-handedly, Honda ride racing. I was about team. to say, 90, <laughs> 99% is Honda and uh, 99.9% is fly racing as well. <laughs> so, um, looks good. And, you know, like we expected coming into this thing, the number seven, Charlie Cannon, we knew she'd be good. Uh, didn't think she'd be that good. It's funny. If you said, was your surprise from the weekend? And I've heard a lot of people say Charlie Cannon and not because she won. It's because of how much she won by. That, that is what is the surprise, you know? And uh, I knew she'd go out there and win. Yes. Well, oh, okay. I'm not going to say I knew she'd go out there and win. I knew she'd go out there and contend to win, but I didn't think she would drop the hammer, so to speak, yeah. that far. Yeah. Domination. And, and, you know, when a person for like the second place, the 84, Emma Melissevic, yeah, that's hard to watch. Yeah, yeah, she run up there with Charlie in the first moto, though. Got to give Emma Milicevic one thing. Yep. She ran up front and was pressuring Charlie in moto number one. Yep. But I feel like she put everything into that first six and a half minutes. And then Charlie was just, she could continue that pace where I think Emma was pushing the limits of what she had because she was riding the wheels off that Honda. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We know Emma's good in when it's on this rough stuff. She does a lot of off-road stuff, does a lot of stuff in the sand. You know, I, I, I feel like a lot of these girls knew that Charlie was going to be there. They, they knew Charlie was going to be good. I just don't think they knew she'd be this good. Yeah, I think she surprised, you know, the field as well. There's a lot of former MXW champions in there as well that we'll, we'll get to later on that I think, yeah, same deal. Just kind of were like, uh, hang on a minute. <laughs> Where did she, you know, we knew she was coming, but you know didn't know this so uh, Emma, Emma Milicevic 2-2 uh, for second and then Maddie Brown the number 18 3-3 three, three for third so pretty consistent those top three girls are, are pretty dialed in um, watching Maddie Brown though Nick I've seen her ride before but I really enjoyed watching her. I said to you, one thing about Maddie Brown is she looks very strong on a motorcycle, like elbows up, really good stance, and she kind of just puts the bike where it needs to be. She doesn't let it kind of move around underneath her. She is putting it where it needs to be, and she commands that motorcycle to go where. And I was, I really enjoyed watching her ride around this, ride around this rough track, and the way she dissected it doesn't have the raw speed of the two girls in front of her but her technique is very very flawless yeah absolutely and another i I actually didn't know much about her yeah but you know once after the event i started having a look into it and she's done some stuff before you know she's three times australian uh, women's motocross champion i think she's doing the is it the victorian titles at the moment the championship down there at the moment is that right uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is she's doing really, really well at. Um, but like you said earlier, they are the Honda team. <laughs> it is just all girls. Well, look, there's nothing. Is we- she a part of V83? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's yep, part, okay, part of yep. that team. Uh, but there's nothing we can do. She's riding a Yamaha, and so is fourth place Taylor McCutcheon. They were both were on Hondas, but there's nothing yeah, we can do. I was do. just about to say, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I'm pretty sure they're Hondas, but it's all good. <laughs> nothing we can yeah, do. It's all good. Uh, so, Matty Brown gets third, and then Taylor McCutcheon, 4-4 four, four on the weekend uh, for fourth. So, the top four are actually very consistent uh, between them. Um, McCutcheon. Mm. I, you know, this is a good thing about going to the events. I expected to see Taylor and Charlie go at it um, 
Taylor looked like she was a little bit off on the weekend, and then we later found out that she's actually carrying an injury with some ribs, some broken ribs. Um, and, you know, when you've got broken ribs on a track, that rough trend, and then another crash as well, it's going to make the day a lot harder. So just getting out of there for, for Taylor, I think, is really, really important. Yeah, and I mean, she had a lot of time off in the preseason that we didn't know about till we got there and spoke to her. She had, a, a, I think it was ligaments or something in the foot. Yep. Um, that kept her off the bike, and then, yeah, rib injury as well. So she gritted it out. We haven't got to see what her and Cannon can do like for Queensland people who watched Taylor McCutcheon dominating Queensland last year this was the question about her and Charlie Cannon this isn't the answer no you cannot read into this with that you know if you if you're playing along at home for that little battle uh, I think definitely we're going to see something different in Gilman in a few weeks time was talking to Taylor and her mum and apparently they're coming back to Queensland, and she okay, is, okay. and she is going to do sunny states. Yep, is that starting this week? I'm not a hundred percent sure. That was just I got cut short from the conversation because uh, I had to go and do something, but that was what I got out of that conversation, and I was like, okay, interesting, because didn't know if she, they were going to be back if she was now based in Victoria as part of the Honda, you know, Honda Ride Red program, you know, the factory backed Honda team for the women. I did not know if she was going to stay down there, but talking to her mom apparently she's coming back so that that's good for us because obviously we're gonna see her and charlie go at it um i think that's gonna work well as well for the uh for the rounds they have up here with coolum she's especially especially well at coolum as well but it's i mean if you were the mccutcheon team and you know and honda You'd be wanting to send her to Queensland. Charlie's been up here dominating you, it all. You, you put him with her. You, go and you race go, with her. Yeah, you go and chase her. Yeah. You get as many races under your, under your belt with Charlie as well. I mean, Absolutely. And, and, and to be honest, some of these other women, like if they've got the ability to come to Queensland and do some of these Queensland races, Charlie's at it. The only way you're going to beat her is to spend some time around her and yeah, learn how. You know, yeah, and that's one thing that disappointed me a little bit was that Charlie was a junior last year and we never got to see him. We're all just, break it up. The second we get to see Charlie Cannon, Taylor McCutcheon go at it, it's going to be something all year. And then obviously McCutcheon moves down. So I'm excited to hear that, that she's coming back to Queensland. So interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, Madison Healy runs fifth. Oh, uh, Honda. Another Honda. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure she's a former MXW champion. Yep. Um, trying to learn all these different... Because it's changed over the years and the way their championships run. Um, and same with Danielle Foote, I'm pretty sure as well, who runs in behind her. Um, yeah, Healy just sort of sat in behind these girls all day. You know, the, 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 fifth, play, the fifth best rider on the day. Um, you know, she, she did go, uh, seven, seven, five for yeah. fifth. Um, but yeah, just sort of sat in behind these guys, uh, these girls most of the day. And, uh, yeah, they're sort of these top five. We're pretty consistent there all day. Uh, Danielle foot two fifty two stroke. What a beast. Yeah. Of the and, you know, we were watching this in, in practice qualifying, obviously the, the, the timing system went down. There's nothing we can do once again. Um, <laughs> But she looked good on that bike, hey? Just picked the, picked the lines and just got around that thing. But uh, it's still good to hear a 252 stroke out there. It is. Uh, Amy Roberts, a 43, in behind her. A very consistent day for her. She was, uh, what, 5'7 on the day? Um, so did... Pretty sure she's a New Zealand girl as well. Pretty sure. Yep. We're trying to learn all these new riders. As I said they're they're all you know new to us because we yep. haven't seen too many of the women's racing around, and it's been a, a while since they've been out. Uh, in behind her, Amy Barsh, the KDM rider, the number five. Yep. Nick. Nick. Moving on. 
Uh, the 49. You know, and continue. <laughs> 49. Tanisha Harnett was ninth. And the 733 of Holly Greaves round out the top 10. Uh, the one thing about this r- women's race, Nick, big old crash in race number one. A big pileup took a lot of the front runners out of this. Yeah. Um, I think some of the girls struggled with this track as well. And, dude, it was rough. It was rough. It they was got rough. Their first motor, they got awarded track yeah that that was a bit interesting and that's what caused i think a bit of the pile up uh big crash uh trying to remember who it was that went down and and sort of caused it all um shoot i can't even remember who it was now but But taylor mccutcheon got caught up in it i think yeah yeah there was a bit of bit of stuff going on there so um yeah as a women's class uh, we're going to get to the back end of this. Make sure you stick around. We're going to have uh, a chat to Campbell Williams. Um, but Nick, a couple more things before we wrap up and go to the Campbell Williams interview. Um, the TV package. Oh, shit. It's got to be bought up. You know the worst thing? Hear me. It's what, I, it's what we expected. Sorry. Uh, look... Not gonna go and just super run down the TV package straight away. We have copped a lot of messages over the last couple of days about it. I'm just happy that you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into it. I'm not gonna slander it. I'm not gonna do that. I'll give solutions to it. It's the first round. Things will probably put together last minute. I'll be happy if you know. After this, they go down, they sit down, they watch it, they learn from a few of the issues, a few of the complaints, and it looks different at Mackay. If it does not look different at Mackay, I'm probably going to unleash. Yeah, I mean, as I said, it's been a long time since I've had to do it. Um, the crew, I'm pretty sure, um, you would imagine would be ASBK. Yes. You know, so not super the sport of those guys. So the, the cameramen are trying to learn how motocross runs and stuff like that. Uh, it was pretty rough. It was pretty rusty. But you got to give these guys a little bit of time to run into it. It's not like they do 17 of these and they're a well-oiled machine and they've been doing it for 20-plus years. Yep, that's like, it. I think it's... Uh probably important as well to have a spotter for that don't know that with tv it's spotting you have normal people that just sit there and watch the race and they're uh, talking to the camera crew talking to whoever's you know positioning cameras and saying hey we've got a battle here we've got a battle here let's watch this let's watch this yeah i think that's something that needs to happen if it's uh, it might already be happening um but i think that's something pretty important and it didn't look like there was many cameras no nah, yeah I, I we were looking at camera stands we're like where are all the cameras and uh yeah they're pretty light but again the one thing i want to say is i'm not going to run this down because there's no benefit in that solutions are this but let's give them credit round number one they're going to learn and hopefully they do but let's all just be thankful that we actually have it on television exactly that's and yeah. you know, I think it was a huge thing going free to air and going with Stan Sport. That is a massive... Technically not free. You know what I mean? Subscriptions. It's, yeah, but I know having it there and accessible for anyone around the world, 
Yeah. That's a huge thing, and that's a step in the right direction. Um, like I said, I'm not going to go into it too much. I just hope that it looks better uh, at Mackay. Yeah, and then uh, people can stop blowing we'll, blowing them up. Yeah, we'll be able to tell you because Nick, you are going to Mackay to yep. cover Mackay. Yep. I will be at home watching from home, so we'll get both angles of what's going on. Um, but that's it. Let's let's wrap up episode number one of the Pro MX Rewind. We'll be doing this after every round of Pro MX for the, this year. Yep. And as I said, throughout the year, we'll try and get the riders on and, and get their conversation uh, and slide it into the show here as well. So this thing will grow and change and look different and sound different as we go because yep. we're, you know, first time sort of covering this this side of the sport. We've been doing Supercross and Motocross in the US for a year and a bit now. So we're kind of, I guess, old hat at it. We know what we're doing, but here in Australia, this is something new for us. And, and as I said, we're trying to bring you as much content as we physically can. So the Campbell Williams interview will be on the end of this yes so towards the end you'll hear it before the before we outro it yeah yep and uh it was he's good good kid good kid very good kid very respectful went up to him after the race asked him if he would do the interview happy to do it messaged him um yep no worries line it up let's go um gave us 20 minutes of his time and uh yeah super Uh, i I love kids that are like that when they're in this mx3 class yeah because they get better at it and when they get the MX2 class, MX1, it's not foreign to them. Uh, they see the worth in it. Yeah. And uh, that's a good thing. So big shout out to that kid because uh, he did a great job. And uh, once again, really well-spoken kid. Yeah, that's it. So that's going to be episode number one. Thank you for listening uh, to the Pro MX Rewind here on the Moto Limited Network. If you don't listen to our other stuff, go and check it out. Moto Limited show uh, live 6.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time on Facebook um, or in the archive. If you're an archive listener, wherever you get your podcast from. And uh, also the Moto Limited podcast race recaps as well. If you want some American stuff as well, um, YouTube, look at Moto Limited show on YouTube. We got the race. Uh, how was your day? Yep. YouTube where we get a lot of riders straight off the track, get their raw emotion as well. Um, so plenty of content for you. If you're looking around Prime X, uh, Mackay in two weeks, Nick. Yep. It's going to be interesting to see that track we have not been to for a national since 2014, I think it was. And it is a freaking awesome track. Like big, fast, bit of sand, bit of hard pack. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited, and I think uh, the results are going to show this as well. I it's think be the racing is going to be completely different. Yeah. The results are going to be completely different. I'm looking forward to it. Who's your pick? Uh, let's go through. We're going to MX1, MX2, MX3 at Mackay. Who are you going to run as your winners? Uh, Aaron Tanty. Oof. I'm going to go Aaron Tanty in the MX1 class. <sighs> it, I'm split. It's either going to be Aaron Tanty or Kyle Webster. Ugh. Ah, I gotta follow. I gotta go with Tanty. I, I I got a feeling Webbs is gonna. I just want Tanty to win it. Um, MX2 class. I'd love to see a uh, a comeback from Jesse Dobson, mm-hmm. but I'm not surprised if say Alex Larwood uh, gets it done as well. And also, I'm not surprised if Wilson Todd goes out there and goes one one again. Um, <laughs> it'll yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope for a comeback from Jesse Dobson. I hope to see him on the podium. Yep. Um, MX3 Brock Flynn. Brock Flynn. Brock Flynn. Oof. Yep. Oh, picks. What about you? Picks. Uh, to me, I'm just going to keep backing Kyle Webster. Uh, I'm in MX1 as long as I live. Uh, that's uh, pretty stamped, that one. MX2. Um, dude, I mean, it's going to be tough to go past Wilson Todd. 
the one thing that I think everyone maybe overlooks a little bit, Wilson Todd has done a few laps of the Mackay circuit. Yep. He's a North Queensland boy. Um, not, a sh- not, a, not a ship ton, but I mean, he's probably done enough laps there to know that facility pretty good. Uh, and a big, fast, more European-y style track for a guy who's just come back from Europe. I think he's going to be just as good as he was at round number one. So yep. Wilbur, okay. Wilbur for me, uh, even though, yes, I do have the soft spot for Jesse Dobson, yep. I just... Gonna go there, uh, and MX three, uh, dude. I, I want to back in Jack Mather. Yep. I think Jack has got the nerves out of the way, got some confidence with the the third in the final moto. I think Jack Mather is gonna come out and be pretty special. In, I, I, dude, in I put I put Jack on the podium regardless. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I yeah, I, I expect to see a lot of these guys that are a little bit further down. They're gonna be challenging Campbell Williams for the win. Yeah, I think so. I think yep. so. And as I said, knowing what Campbell's dealing with now. I think it was a little bit of home track advantage for him, got him through that one, but he hasn't got long to heal up for round number two. Yep. So, uh, going to be interesting if he can back it up. Uh, as I said, uh, I just, again, Jack Mather for me. So, yep. that's going to be it. All right, guys, stick around. We're going to have Campbell Williams coming up and uh, then that'll be wrapping the show. But uh, yeah, see you guys round number two on a Mackay. Alrighty, guys, as promised, we are joined by the winner of the MX3 class. A dominant day for this guy. Fastest qualifier, Nick. 1-1 moto scores. You can't put a better round one together. It's the 82 Honda Rider of Campbell Williams. Campbell, how are you? I'm good, thanks. That's the way, mate. As we said, dominant day at round one in one thaggy. Um, you can't put a championship start together any better than that. Nah, look, I was pretty happy with how the weekend went. Um, pretty good lead up until two weeks ago. Unfortunately, I had a practice crash, which sort of put a bump in the road, but still happy to get really solid results on the weekend. And yeah, couldn't be any prouder of how I rode. So when you talk about a, a practice crash, was it uh, hit your head or have you got some injuries that were out the shoulder or, or something like that? What was the, what was the story with that? Um... We were racing a Gippy a couple of weeks ago and last race of the day, unfortunately, had a little bit of a tumble and hit my shoulder. I didn't really think much of it. And then gave it a couple of days rest and it was still quite sore. So went and got it checked out and unfortunately, I had a little fracture in my scapula, but gave it to that that makes your performance on the weekend <laughs> on a on a track that rough, dude. Uh, that's serious props because uh, that would not have been easy, mate. Nah, it wasn't too easy, but I had to try and toughen out the weekend and get some solid results, and obviously it worked. And now I've got another seven rounds to keep improving and doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, I knew that Nick because I talked to him post race, and I was like, "Hey, what's you know?" And he, I went up to you, Campbell, and I said, "Hey, you know, introduce myself." And you're like, "Oh yeah, cool." And then, you know, he went to shake my hand, and he sort of put his other hand out because his shoulder was that bad he couldn't even. Oh wow! Yeah, and I'm like, and then got told the story, and I'm like, "You just went out and went one one, like." On a track like that. And I'm just like, I couldn't even ride around that track and and you do that. So, man, as I said, big props to you. It it makes the win even even better. Um, But that is kind of a hometown race for you, really, isn't it? Or a home track because you're part of Beaton's Beaton's program down there. Yeah, yep. We, um, as a crew, Beaton's Pro Formula, we ride the Wontaggy circuit a fair bit throughout the weeks and we do a lot of training there. 
for our pre-season and um, obviously it paid off, but track was definitely a lot different to when we usually ride it. Yeah, and you guys ride across the road a lot too. There's that practice track across the road. So you do do you spend more time over there or on the main track? Um, we do. We mix it between the both. Um, they're both pretty similar. Um, so we try and ride them to a fair bit and then we go to a track called PBI, yep. which is only about half an hour, 40 minutes from Ross's house and it's pretty hard pack base. So then we mix it up a little bit from the sand, which yeah. is good. Yeah. I mean, and Ross beaten being your trainer or, or coach is, uh, 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 you know, when I was speaking to you, Ross came up and I'm thinking, Oh, Ross will be like, yeah, good job. But he's a, uh, he's a hard taskmaster, man. He keeps you guys honest, which I guess is, is why he's building champions down there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. We had, um, different plans for the weekend. Obviously, I still did what I had to do, but um, we, me and Ross have sort of made some goals. So, yeah, you've got all those goals set. And, and as I said, Ross has been been there and done it. You know, he's helped his brother, Jed. He's done it himself in his own career. So he knows what to do. So you must, you know, feel comfortable just to put all of your sort of trust in his program and, and to see the results on the weekend must be, you know, satisfaction of the preseason. Yeah, no, definitely. I... I trust Ross a lot and I sort of treat him like a brother to me. I live with him for the majority of the year and I've done it probably for the last almost three years now. So we have quite a tight relationship, which is good. And he loves to help me out at the track and obviously wants the best for me. And I was pretty happy to get the result I needed for him and, myself i guess on the weekend yeah and last year uh eighth place overall in the you know the the shortened series that we had so um big improvement to now have the red plate leading into round number two from you know from last year uh, and uh, you've stepped up into the senior ranks as well like it's sort of been a big transitional year for you so far into racing senior at a state level and then you know does that give more confidence coming into the mx3 season yeah, it did, yeah. I, no, racing the seniors, which I did a couple of weeks ago at a little club round, doing well there really boosted my confidence for the Nationals and made me really feel like I could win the class and do really well at round one, hopefully the rest of the series. The So you're you're from New South Wales, though, aren't you? Is that where you were sort of born and, yeah. and raised? Yeah. Yeah, my, I was born and raised in New South Wales and that's where my parents live. But at the moment, I've been living down with Ross yeah. since the 10th or 11th of January, somewhere around there. So it's, it's very much like a ride park sort of thing, like a training facility type of thing, Nick, where he's it's moved away. It's <laughs> beginning to sound a lot like that. That's actually quite funny. And, you know, got to ride MX3 last year. You know, one of the things we've heard from a lot of guys that race on the weekend was just like the opening laps of these motos are just insane like it, it's absolute carnage obviously you can't sort of replicate that with training um you know what what were the opening laps like with you is it was it exactly what you're expecting were there more surprises to it to you or um no everything i wasn't really surprised with anything i sort of well i knew i had to get a really good start to make it easy for myself and not put any pressure on having to pass a lot of people and sort of just getting out the front and leading from there, which was good. So not much, didn't really have a lot of pressure on the weekend. 
sort of put myself where I needed to be off the start and just worried about myself. Did you did you become one of the lucky one percent of that class that didn't get penalised in uh, qualifying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was actually one of my good mates from back home down, so I was definitely precautious. Yep. Yeah, yep, yeah, and I mean, yeah, they were pretty strict on it too. You know, like I think a lot of a lot of young kids learnt their lesson in that uh, in that instance. You know, I think it's like twelve riders or something throughout the MX three division got penalised three positions in qualifying for that. So uh, that was with. Uh, Jet Burgess Stevens here. Uh, I think in both both oh, sessions. Yep. Okay. They, they had wow. they had one. Yeah, I think there was kind of like six in each or something like that. Like there's a lot of kids. So yep. uh, yeah, they were they were teaching you kids a lesson. That's for sure. Like don't chop that yellow flag or you're it's fu- done. It's, it's funny, you know. I was only I was talking about this with uh, Kirk Gibbs uh, the other night, and he's like, dude. That first lap, I just roll. He goes, it's not worth it to even do anything. He's like that first lap, it's just I'm just looking around at the track. So it's uh these these kids are uh, they're getting uh getting the, the treatment that everyone gets. Yeah, uh, Campbell, for you, tracks coming up. I mean, we got Mackay in a couple of weeks, uh, and then we move on to Wodonga and Gilman, uh, and then obviously we start transitioning up to New South Wales and up the up to Queensland to finish it up. Is there tracks that you're looking forward to, and at the same time, is there tracks you're not looking forward to? Yeah, I haven't actually um, heard anything ever in my life about Mackay, so I'm pretty. <laughs> you got to have but... an experience, kid. It's a good track, <laughs> dude. I think yeah, he'll love it. But I've I've heard it's actually a really good track, and I'm pretty yeah. keen to get up there and ride that track. I think it should be a really good round, and yeah. Is there and any? Then... Is there any you're not looking forward to? Cool um, Sand guy. That's no, us. I know. I, I don't actually mind Coolum. I've I've been there a couple of years ago and did that two-stroke cup when they were running that for the oh, junior. Oh, of course. Yeah, now I remember. Yep. I rode quite well there, so yep. I really like Coolum. I think it's sort of – it's actually really similar in spots to Wonthaggy or like some of the sand tracks we ride down here. So yep. I think that should be also a good round. Yeah, so is there one that you're not looking forward to, though? Is there one that you're like, eh, I'm not too sure, or are you, you're obviously just keeping it positive? Um, no, I'm hoping I'll do well at all of them. I think I haven't really seen a track and been like, oh, not positive about it. I just, you just need to tackle it, I guess. Um, Aubrey's going to be a challenging one. I think it's a very hard pack. It's sort of, it's it's a really hard track to ride. It's really tight. Yeah, and jumping going to be really hard to pass on Aubrey. While we're, while we're talking about tracks, you know, early on you said you do a lot of you do guys do a lot of practice and training at uh, Wonthaggy. How how different was the track? In the, was it just a lot more rough, or was it a lot more deeper, or how how different was it than you normally would ride it? Because it's the first time we've sort of gone down there yeah. and seen it, so we like we don't know what the expectation of that place is on say a uh, a practice day or something like that. Yeah, um, well. We ride it when it's always different. Like some days it might be really rough and sandy, and then some days it's like smooth, bit sandy, like real slippery. And then some days it's just like real clumpy and like complete hard pack. And really, sort of like, sort of like the weekend in spots gets like really hard ruts and stuff. It's sort of like a, it's a weird sort of soil. Like it can go really hard and like go like concrete almost and you run knobby tire and and then sometimes it's like real deep sand like it was on the weekend and 
even deeper. Na- yeah. Nature of the beast. That thing's uh, th- going to throw everything at you. That's it. Uh, yeah. As we said, the big big red plate on the 82, you nearly had the best number in the business. He's one off. Easy, bud. He could have been 83, Easy, and then bud. I was well on board with you, Campbell, but uh, we'll, we'll accept 82. Um, but, yeah, big red plate leading into round number two. Um, I mean, got to keep that thing on there, red on red, and some red gear too. You guys wearing that fly red gear, like everyone was wearing that on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, everyone had similar gear on the weekend. <laughs> you all look the same. You couldn't, like, separate anybody. They're, just every Honda rider was wearing red fly gear. I mean, good branding by the guys at Fly. Yeah, most of the well, – all the Fly ride red riders all wear fly gear, and we tend to – wear the same gear in the same race. <laughs> and there's about a bajillion of them, which, yeah. which also helps. <laughs> the women's class. So it's like all the women were wearing the same class. But, uh, dude, we appreciate you for the time. As I said, we, uh, I mean, I got to chat to you on the weekend there and, um, you know, gave me the time and, and give us the time tonight to, to sort of break down the weekend. And as I said, good luck for the rest of the rounds. We'll, we'll see you there and uh, hopefully we can get you on a bit more and, you know, talk about a championship at the end of all this. Yep, too easy. No, I'm happy. Thank you for putting me on. Much appreciated. No worries at all, mate. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I'll speak to you. Thanks, mate. See ya.